Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake Family of Podcasts. Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to Geekologist Radio, a special Westworld review episode where we take you through all things Westworld and accurately predict the future. Let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. First up, we have Big D. What's going on, man? I'm excited to talk about this one, taking our sweet time this episode. Next, we have Cajun. Hello, hello. Now, we're going to talk a lot about words this week and what they mean and how to pronounce them because we figured out a little bit of both. (laughs) <laughs> and finally have me true mirrors truly me uh and that's uh chris so why don't we just start diving into it like right away um dave what we got right and what we got wrong All yeah right, let's so, do it cajun you had uh something you wanted to start off with here right yeah so right now what we got right last week was something i said was emily will find her dad and keep him alive long enough to make it to the valley beyond so we know the first part is right and the second part is unknown for that one so we got that rolling with it um yeah i just wanted to add in also that we also got right that the door is a door i know they've been talking about the door for a while and there were a lot of people talking about how it's a metaphorical door. I'm pretty sure we just saw an actual door. Chris, on camera, you're shrugging and, and giving me the, yeah, I don't know if you know what you're talking about, Dave, kind of face. What's that about? That's like, uh, see this in this hand? I'm going to put it over in this hand. And like that's kind of how I feel, wh- how this door thing is. I feel like they're, they're placing it there for a reason, but I don't think it's re- the real door that we're talking about. All right, so this is me poking a hole in it. Uh, yeah. We did see a door. And that was, they are going towards the door, but we also saw a physical maze last year and a picture of a maze, but the actual sure. maze was not that. The maze was an unlocked AI mind. So the door sure. will have a physical representation, which we saw that, but it has a metaphorical representation, which we do not fully understand yet. So you have the physical one seen, the metaphorical one, not yet. Now, moving into what we got wrong. Uh, this was one that we from last year. Uh, Fout said the tattoo of the maze and the AI skulls is Ford's signature for AI he made in his secret lab. But now we know that that was Akechita's. Akechita's. Make, make sure I pronounced that right. It was him putting that in people that he scalped and really his loyalists would put that in their head. And the I call bit, him a, a ketchup, like a ketchup. Because <laughs> like we kept saying Akshetta. And yeah, Akshetta, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and that was one thing we got, we list here for we got wrong as well, because we all pronounced it differently, and it's really pronounced Akechita. So, yeah, that's something we got wrong for ever since we found out his name. Akechita. Everyone practice at home. Akechita. <laughs> or just watch Anthony Hopkins say it like, damn, that dude pronounces words so well. <laughs> All right. Uh, Keeping on our word theme and moving into the actual episode review, the first thing we do in the review is go over the meaning of the title. And this one was Kiksua. And Kiksua is a Lakota word meaning remember. So this one's pretty straightforward and simple. The title is remember. 
and which is a major key uh, to the AI. All the hosts have the ability to remember everything. And doing so, remember everything, they can accomplish, um, it's something they can accomplish once they break free of the mesh network. So once they break free of the mesh network, you can notice that it's pretty consistent. They can start remembering things. Uh, Maeve, May Lawrence remember, and it looks like Maeve's daughter is remembering from getting these little cues. And uh, Akechita's wife remembered when he put when he put some keywords on her to make her remember. So that's uh, some the basic, I think, around all this remembering stuff. Now, moving on to a different part of word stuff, because this one was so short in terms of the meaning of the title. Sure. Can we look at the word filler? Because I've seen this word used a lot after this week's episode. Is this a filler episode? Filler means content that does not advance the main story. All right, raise your hand if you want to go first. Is this filler? I'm going to say absolutely not, and I'll tell you why. First of all, we've been, the past couple of episodes have been so sort of high tension, high stakes, that before the final two episodes, I think that narratively we needed to take a beat down for a minute. Second of all, I think that this show showcased some of the things that I think are my absolute favorite about this show, which is when you let scenes breathe and you make a personal connection with a character and you grow to care about a character. This was a guy that we knew absolutely nothing about before this episode other than, oh no, there's that scary painty face guy that comes out and wants to murder everyone. All of a sudden, by the end of this episode, I'm like tearing up for this guy and his and his journey and his struggle uh i thought it was absolutely beautiful i thought uh, i forget the actor's name who played akechita uh but i thought his performance was beautiful uh i just i felt such a personal connection to this episode that if you don't make room for stories like this i think that we're left with um just a whole lot of uh twists and turns and not as much substance chris my my frustration was they shot their wad last week and now the come down on it was way too hard like this this episode should have been two episodes ago three episodes ago i get why they had it um they really needed to kind of flesh out what ghost nation was there was a lot of rumors going on also all this big big build-up with mave and why she had a connection with him all the way till the point that it paid off for like a scene that was like this long i didn't believe the fact that he was crying and that he said you should be with your daughter and i was like oh man this is just a bunch of bullshit like it really just did that whole scene didn't pay off for me whatsoever i appreciate the background on a it was it was good this story could have been condensed down to this like i'm people that are listening Five minutes, five minutes, literally. And I, and Chris did hand moment, hand hand moves. Like we, we had fifty minutes of something that could have been talked about for five. Yeah. So y'all opinions were exactly what I predicted. Like one was on one side, one was on the other for this question. I'm kind of in the middle. I do think that a lot of this was a filler and could have, like Chris said, could have been episode five instead of eight. Uh, when we were wanting to make a run to the end of the season instead of putting the pumping the brakes on. But to me, filler 
doesn't not advance in the main story. I think a lot of a catch of the stuff didn't advance the main story, which to me defines that. But all of the other stuff in there, the the backdrop stuff, he was there, but with him and Ford, uh, Man in Black's daughter and Emily uh, there, Maeve. You got we got pieces of stuff that did advance the story, but those by themselves were small pieces, and I. I see where they's coming from because I did think it was a beautiful episode and a great episode, but it wasn't the advancement of a story, I would say, that removes the definition of filler. And to me, I had to kind of weigh those thoughts when I was trying to defend this episode. Like, I like it, but I can still call it filler and like it, <laughs> which is a tough mental sure. balance for me to, to shift when I was chatting with people about this earlier. Sure. Yeah, I don't want to crap on it. Like, I mean, I like the episode. I thought it was a good episode. And I, th- I feel like it shows that HBO and Westworld can take this show in that direction if they want to in the next three seasons. So there's opportunity for it to go into a more personal space as opposed to just, I don't know, hacking people's heads off and stuff. But like, you got to set that up a little bit rather than just like, this is literally one episode out of 18 that, that has been done this way. So uh, maybe that was the point. Yeah. And All speaking of, this, of Chris, by the Chris way, not crapping. Okay, go. Yeah, yeah no, I was just going to say this This really, I think, segues into our next segment very nicely, which is normally called Dave Craps on Westworld and, you know, so on and so forth. But this time, this week, we're going to call it Dave Doesn't Crap on Westworld, not even a little, but then Cajun and Chris pick up the slack. <laughs> so I'm going to make my part of this segment short and sweet. I got nothing. I love the episode gentlemen <laughs> all right well i'll, I'll pick up because uh, i got a little bit of crap on this one as well because like i said i'm middle of the road on this one but there are some things that didn't like one that bothered me the entirety of when a catch that started telling his story was Maeve's daughter at the very end i felt it would have been great humor i lifted them to put a clip at the end and she just says Maeve's daughter goes what the f did you just say i don't speak lakota english mf or do you speak it <laughs> <laughs> I would love her to say that because I'm like the whole time he's speaking Lakota and I'm reading the screen. He's speaking to Maeve's daughter in Lakota. Like she does not understand what he's saying. Please, somebody stop this from happening. She's just staring blankly like, ah, uh, man. Okay. <laughs> However, this is the uh, picking up a little bit. A catch that could have been speaking directly to Maeve there. He could have realized what was happening and he could have been speaking through Maeve's daughter to Maeve. Or directly to Maeve by just looking at Maeve's daughter. That's the only saving grace he has for speaking Lakota, but still Maeve's daughter was bored out of her mind. <laughs> I think you're onto the, something there, Cajun. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is the fact that well, I don't I can't even think of that. That that's a bullshit excuse. I was gonna say that all of them speak, you know, up to six or eight different languages, like we were told, so she probably understands it because she can speak that language, but there's no way she could speak Lakota. Like it, it wouldn't make sense in, in the proximity of where she was in her location. Right. The only way it would have been like cause he was giving her stuff previously, but she kept getting reset so much. It's it's a tough stretch that she instantly remembers sure. it. Ma- Maeve's the only one that we know of that when um Sizemore tells her she can uh, speak mm-hmm. all the languages. She's the only one that can go back and reach into that programming and grab it out. Nobody else has shown that ability. And I, I, yeah, that's a stretch. But I see where you're coming from there because she would have it programmed in her, but there's no way. Uh, sure. that was, it was, yeah. Now, other thing, I'm going to crap on it. Now, 
this was more of the story itself. They took us completely, the showrunners took us completely away from the main storyline near the end of the season. Exactly what Chris said. This episode five, I think, would have been right after episode four, after that big episode, you can do this. Uh, not a lot moves forward with the plot, and we just have two episodes left. And the next one looks like it might be a filler one as well. Not a lot of plot advancement. So that is concerning, unless they're doing a massive, like, hour and a half long episode at the end that just drops everything. Uh, there is some concern there. Um, and I kind of explained what I did like about it. So this is kind of a blend of the two things. Now I'll just go ahead and uh, hand off to Chris there. Oh, my God. I got so many things. Uh, well, first of all, her daughter's what? Got to be, let's just guess, eight, nine years old, right? Yeah. We'll go with that. Okay. So old enough that my kid could explain to me that they met a person, saved them with water, and that the person coming back is not going to try to hurt us. Like, I don't understand how that wasn't translated to Maeve at any point in any storyline where she's like, where, because I, I kept saying, oh, well, you know, I came back to, to protect her and to watch over her. How does Maeve not know that? How does the daughter not explain that and say, it's not just the ghost man, it's like a real person. A ghost man would be something a five-year-old would say, not a nine or 10-year-old. I don't, be able I don't to, remember this part of the, the episode. What are we talking uh, about here? The part where uh, the reason why Akechita is coming back to, is to protect Maeve's daughter. Because he knows that the people are coming, so that's why he—that's why he's outside of the house, and oh, Maeve goes, okay, gotcha, goes gotcha. to kill him. She, then you, they shows the scene. She goes, "Well, the ghost man told me," and I'm like, "The ghost man? What are you five? Like at ten years old, my kid's gonna be like, yeah, this dude was outside. I gave him some water. I express, you know, come gotcha. on, yeah, her, her, it's a, it's her a physical, little dis- her physical age should have had better explanation. Should have had better. Okay. Next, uh, Men in Black is got this script armor that is beyond belief at this point like the guy crawled out of the house then he went through the woods he avoided hector and all of the gang that was around i have no idea how he avoided hector apparently hector's like 18 miles away rather than like the 45 yards that it appeared when she walked through the house then he went down into the water got kicked by a ketchita got thrown on a horse laid out in the sun for a while then got put back on the horse by his daughter still alive He's <laughs> still alive. Nothing as it still kicking and talking and having almost a full conversation at the same time. Like it's so that bothers me. Uh, apparently, if you're a Ketchida, you can literally run through the mesa buck naked. Nobody knows you're going down to cold storage. They don't even try to stop you, and then you're able to scoot right back into the same spot again and upload. Yeah, that bothered me. That bothered yeah, me too. That, I was that like, actually yeah. stood out to me too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. Maeve's daughter is just chilling with the Ketchida, not even asking about either one of the moms. Doesn't matter which one. Like she, it's like she's not asking about the old mom. She's not asking asking about Maeve or the, or the new mom. She's just sitting there, staying quiet. That bothered me. And then all, the last one is is if you're buck naked and you're Logan just chilling out by a cactus, uh, you just have a, a Lakota throw you a blanket and then tell you to go f off, and he walks away. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the guy was mumbling to himself, so like. It just, it just, he's like, yep, you're not one. Well, first of all, you know that, that he's not, I would assume that he's not, uh, at first of all, like he's AI. That's why he's mumbling to himself. I, I thought that like, you know, like he was going through the main, oh, like, Logan. yeah, yeah, Logan. And then I'm like, no, nah, he would have, he would have just asked him yeah. if it would have been heat like stro- that. Yeah. He's doing heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, there, there were just like so many, like, what, what is this? What is this? Yeah. That one had some plot holes in it to me because I, I like that they did it. it. It did a great part of telling the story and had somebody explain it to him to to open up a catch at his mind. Uh, but it puts a plot hole in there of this guy is about to invest in, invested in your park five years ago and 
he's there visiting now to invest a crap ton more, and you're going to let him sit out in the desert and get heat stroke as the park yep. <laughs> owners who are looking at the map and seeing everybody in it and just going to let him just go there. I, I, that, to me, right there is a big plot hole, but at the same time, I like how a catch of the story fit into that. My thought process is, is if you have people in the park, you're able to track them. How this guy was able to be out there for that long with heat stroke in that park without being able to track him yeah. and find him, like sending in a team to go grab him real quick, just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and that guy, of all guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guy. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, now that we've done not taking crap on Westworld, taking crap on Westworld, giving it some love back and all that stuff, we're going to move into what we know and what we don't know, fact or fiction. So going over what we know, Akechita put the maze and AI skulls and everywhere else in the park. That's the other part is that everywhere we've seen a skull so far etched anywhere and even in the ground, it was a Ketchita or somebody directly influenced by him, one of his people. So William was wrong last season. He said it was Arnold's maze, Arnold did this, and yeah, Arnold really originally had that little maze design, but a Ketchita was the one spreading it throughout the park. Uh, another thing is that uh, we know Maeve can conversate with other hosts through the mesh network, not just command them. Previously, she could command them through the mesh network, we knew for sure, but now she can have, we know she can have full on conversations with them, them talking to her and her talking back. We also learned that the Maze storyline was not an original story from, from Ford. He basically plagiarized from Catching to the storyline of the Maze, and that's how it started. So that was pretty awesome. Like, I was laughing. I'm like, dude, you didn't even have an original thought. Like, you basically <laughs> walked. He walked in. The reverie didn't affect him. He looked at the Maze and was like, well, well I guess we're just going to take that. So I thought that was cool. Um, Ford was watching Akechita all the way and uh, through and, and says as much. So he was leading him to... I, I feel like he was leading him in, in a way to consciousness. Like maybe he saw what was occurring with the maze thing. Because if you, if you think about it, when he went down, when they caught him the first time um, and he was, he was wounded, the reason why he was able to get to consciousness is because they just patched him up but left his mind the same. So they didn't reboot him. So he got lucky there. The right. second time, the, the head cheese downstairs, the woman that came in who was like, no, she gives him a look and was like, just send him back out again. Any other person would have knocked him and just told him, would have destroyed him. But I think Ford was in her ear when she found out what, who, who he was or how far back he was and was like, no, leave him be. Let him go back out again. Yeah. I mean, that could have been it. I, I mean... To me, both played towards neglect. He was just lucky. He was lucky to, to not be uh, fully wiped both times or to at least be already near awoken remembering stuff. We're not fully sure if he wasn't wiped or whatever and just remembered regardless. But also completely lucky to be in a park with a bunch of murdering humans for 10 years who would love to kill an Indian and not him not dying for 10 years. That's that awesome. right there. This this dude has rabbit's foot. <laughs> He's also like a mid fifty year old man and is built like a brick shit house too. Like so, like that guy is <laughs> yeah. chiseled. Yeah. And, yeah, and you know, and all of this now brings us. We now have two official ways that hosts can achieve consciousness. So one of them is by having reveries introduced in your code, right? Um, and that's kind of the thing that has been sparking people in the past and Ford has been kind of tinkering and all that. We know about that. Uh, but now we also know that if we just have a host that's sort of left to his or her own devices and not reset or rebooted 
and they've run for a long enough time that he or she will eventually start recalling past memories and accumulating those memories and start on that journey toward consciousness. So this is the first time we've seen somebody kind of get to that point of consciousness and, and be awoken through different means. That was played mm-hmm. out more than one time, too, because that played out with the mother who remembered the daughter after she had gone away to cold storage. And then it also played out with the Oh, the son. That was her son. Yeah, her son. So, yeah. but, and like he said, you mourn the death, but you don't know why, or you mourn the person who's lost, but you don't know why. Well, they do know, they don't remember why, but they still remember. So mm-hmm. it, I, I, today's point, yeah, that's, they, and they showed that like at least two or three times. All right. Yep. Now, this next point I'm going to make, I put under what we know because I feel like I'm laying out things that we know. And Cajun, of course, went and put a little note right at the end of it that says, Cajun's going to poke holes in all of this. So I'm curious to see what he has to say. (laughs) But let me start with my little summary here. Uh, I woke up this morning, started looking around on the Internet. I said, what are people saying about this episode? And I wanted to see if other people were connecting dots about the door. And I'm really surprised. I really didn't see a whole lot of people talking a whole lot about the door after last night's episode, which is strange to me. So let's back up and think about some of the things that we know. Back in season one, we saw Ford excavating what was presumably the site of the valley beyond. We see this in the episode. I forget the episode number. It was around the middle of the season where he's talking to Teresa over drinks, you know, at, at the restaurant where she used to come when she was younger with her own family. And, you know, he's kind of like vaguely threatening her. And you see that he's excavating the valley beyond for his new storyline. We didn't know much about it then. Um, but there's bits of that that we can put together with some stuff that we saw in this episode. Anyway. Later, fast forward a little bit further to where we have young William earlier in this season showing the valley beyond to Dolores, right? He's in his youth, and he's saying, hey, look, here's, here's this thing. I built it. Uh, he also calls it his greatest mistake. So we see him, you know, he's built this valley beyond. He also later regrets it, thinks it's his greatest mistake. So finally, in this week's episode, not only do we see a brief glimpse of what the valley beyond and the door look like, uh, but we also find out that it was later covered in sand because we go right back to the valley beyond. Uh, Akechita brings his, um, I forget her name, but his love. He brings her to the site saying, I know the way to get to the real world or, or another world or the right world. Uh, and he brings her there, and it's just covered in sand. And you can see it's the same valley, just covered in a sand dune. So um, those are just a few facts that I'll put together a little bit later in in a theory and a, and a prediction. Uh, Cajun, poke some holes, man. What do you got? We'll see, we'll see what you got for later on this one. But when Ford was excavating in Season 1... I always made the assumption to this day that he was uh, excavating what I believe was Escalante, the town. Uh, The town, which was the steeple. We saw just a steeple appear in the desert, and he starts excavating to get the town uh, cleared up for his new story. They even make a lot of comments about this, and he revisits the town as they're cleaning it up. 
so to me, that was the excavation process that he was doing, cleaning all this up uh, to, to do that town for a recreation of Arnold's death 35 years ago uh, for that dramatic effect. Now, William does show the Valley Beyond to Dolores and while it's being built, and we see Cacheta seeing the Valley Beyond as well, and then we see it covered up. But this looks to be more of an underground layer. They dug a hole to build a giant structure. I don't think they didn't cap that off. I don't think that he just filled it in because of things William's saying now. What I think they did was they built this giant structure, which we're going to see later. Now, there is a small door to that structure, a secret door that is probably going to be really hard to find. That's going to be the, the physical door into that structure. And then probably at the other end will be another door that exits out that structure. And there will be, those will be the physical doors, I believe, we'll see. Uh, but I don't think he filled with sand as much as he covered with sand. And that, uh, yes, it's his greatest mistake. But he's going to fix his greatest mistake now. If he would have filled it all in with sand previously, he would not have fixed it already, and he would have no reason to go there to fix his greatest mistake. So those are my holes I'm poking into that. Yeah. When it comes to the sand thing, I, I see where you're going with it. I'm not entirely sure I agree, but I agree that that's a possibility. Uh, Perfectly that fine. being said, I think that the excavating, of course, they were, you know, excavating Escalante, but I think that they were also excavating a much larger area as well. I'm going to have to go back and look at that episode in season one and uh, and take a second look at that for sure, because now I just want to go back and reconfirm. I haven't had a chance to go back and watch that uh, again right. yet, but that's on the to-do list now for sure. Now, I, I agree with Cajun because I know that they buried Escalante on purpose because he didn't want to have to deal with it. And then mm -hmm. they rebuilt. Then he rebuilt it again. It makes sense that they would. The thing that uh, Akechida saw is the same thing Dolores saw because they're both the same gen, like Gen One, Gen Two. So like it would probably be roughly about the same time under that construction that all of that was occurring, because time frame days mean nothing here. We're, I'm I'm worried more concerned like Gen One, Gen Two, and then whatever whatever the hell we're at right now. But that makes sense. What was nice is we actually got to see a closer picture because when we saw it with William and Dolores, you were up a lot higher. When Akechita went to that, you could like see another good hundred yards, two hundred yards down, farther than than what we saw originally, like in episode what three or four. Mm -hmm. There's some definitely technical capabilities of that place. Now, what it all means, I've never built something like that, or even looked into what all that means. Maybe somebody who constructs power plants or something can give more explanation. But yeah, it looked very intricate. So one of the things um, that I think that we either can say for sure, it's one of like two things, like because this will branch one of two ways. I guess we'll figure it out maybe. Maybe it's something that we don't know, but I think we do. I think that Maeve can access memories in real time, meaning like she, like the way that she was able to say the whole love thing at the end to Akechita is because she was able to access his memories and basically live the story that he was telling while he was telling it. So she was able to see all of that. Otherwise... The other thing that that could be is the fact that she was actually his love and that black ball went into Maeve and that's how she was able to access that. So it, it's, Are we either sure? one, it's either one or the other. She wasn't speaking to him and he, she wouldn't have been able to give regurgitate back the same line that they would be saying to each other unless she either accessed what a memory that he had or she was that person. Well, he told her the story already. Like, this was at the end when she regurgitated that line, correct? 
And so if he was talking to her that whole time or a big part of that time, then then at that point she would have been able to regurgitate it because she'd have heard it from him. And uh, so I'm not sure if this is something we can say we know that she can access memories because I don't think we've seen that. That's my um, opinion. I- I, I see I, all right I guess we can put it we can put it under something maybe we don't know but to me like it, right. it was pretty clear it was either an access of memory or it was she was that person it was like one of the two things and I just couldn't figure out which one I thought it was the access of the memories okay. um and also we got a uh background of why they're called ghost nation so finally you have an, a, a reason why they're called ghosts or why they right. were called ghost nation is because you know once they had left they were go. <laughs> you got ghosted. Death. It was like it, it yeah. was pretty pretty simplistic. Um, and the last thing is that there was an awesome callback to season one, episode two. Of those who are woke um, that were a part of uh, that tribe of his uh, that went away were called the strays, and that's the, what the mother said. You are, are you going? You should be going off with the strays, and which was the title of uh, episode two in season one in which that person that was found in the rocks when she when Tub, mm-hmm. or Stubbs and all of them found him they called that the stray so it was a, it was a nice callback to to that season because it was a title for the episode so i thought it was really cool nice i, I missed that completely good good pull man that was a year and a half back pull mm-hmm. all right now moving into stuff that we don't know um we don't know what is emily's plan for william more specifically what is the fate that's worse than what ghost nation was going to do to him don't know what that is but i am as curious to figure out what that is dave yeah and of course you know that that big overwhelming question that that we have it's a huge one is what is the exact purpose of the door and the entire facility around it we know that there's more to it than just a door uh who covered it in with sand and to what end you know what's going on there we need to know yep um one something we don't know is what exactly does William or Dolores or Ford want to do at the Valley Beyond? They all three have motives to do something at the Valley Beyond, but we don't know what each one is moving there for. So I am also equally curious what they all want to do. Dave? Yeah, and after this deep dive into the Ghost Nation, you know, going back to, I think it was episode one of this season, why does Dolores gun down Ghost Nation people and tell them that some people are not worthy of going to the valley beyond. Is it, as Ford implied, that uh, Ketchida is going to get his people and try to lead them to the door after Dolores kills Ford? Uh, Does he follow up with that, and she doesn't want to allow them through? Uh, You know, what exactly is going on there? Nice. The thing that we still don't know is what is at the valley beyond. Like, what is it that they're trying to get to? Like, what is there? It's just this big, huge question mark, and we have two episodes left to go, and still there's like not even a like not even a crumb of. I, I just thought of something. So we're looking at Man in Black in the past next episode for a good bit of it from the preview. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. could probably see a lot of the construction of it yep. next episode, which would be if you're gonna do a filler in terms of like lookbacks and filling in what this person is and his relationship with his wife, he could be constructing it at this time, and we can see some stuff about it there, maybe. Uh, the other thing we don't really know is what Maeve's fate will be because she's on that board right now and she's still accessing and literally re- functioning and running things currently as was stated by whoever that tech was that was right. that, that told Sizemore to get the hell out of there. 
So she's still running stuff, but like, are they going to fix her? Is she just going to lay there? Is she going to be able to run stuff from where she's at? We have no idea what's going to happen with Maeve. I, w- I would hope that they would be able to get her back online at some point and start running stuff. And we also don't know what happened to Hector and the rest of the gang, which would be my guess as who's going to come to the Mesa and come take, you know, grab her again, just like they did like it at the tail end of season one. They all, mm. all the gang's here. Everybody's going to bust in. We're going to grab her. We're going to fix her real quick because we have two techs on hand. You know, maybe he rings out to those guys and says, listen, you've got to get here. You've got to help her. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, and the other stuff I have, I think I'm just going to hold off on. Uh, it's stuff that we had already talked about previously. Yeah. Like Felix for sure would help her. I don't know about Sylvester, yep. but Felix for sure will go out of his way to help her if he gets him involved. That, that would be a nice uh, pull. It just feels like the reason why they're there. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to keep them around for the season, that you're saving them literally for this episode to fix her. All right. Are we ready for predictions? Yes, sure. sir. All right. I'm diving right into this because I'm kind of excited about this. You know, I've, I've, I've long been talking about the idea that Ford is going to convince William and Black to, you know, transfer his consciousness into a host or a mind core and you know help the hosts escape out into the real world and that is their ultimate goal um so here's what i'm thinking now with pieces from this so william in black right he created the valley beyond and he regrets it he turned his back on it and said no that's not the path i want to go i think he may have even covered it up to just say i'm done with it much like they did to the town of escalante we don't like it anymore dump some sand on it so if the door is that physical door and it's leading to the outside world or as Cajun, I, I think, has been putting forth, maybe it's, you know, a fake out and it's a, leads out to the future world and the, they just mm-hmm. think it's the outside world. I think either one of those is, is very possible. And I, I kind of like that future world uh, idea to it anyway. But we'll just call it the outside world. So if it's a door out, right? This week's door reveal kind of still fits with that theory because that could be a facility that does other stuff as well, but part of it is it's a door that heads out into the outside world. So Ford wants all of the characters to end up there. We've seen it right from the beginning. Everybody's moving to the Valley Beyond or the door or you know the countless other names that they've called it. Everybody's converging there. So maybe it's the door that is William's beginning and end that that Ford was talking about in episode one. Maybe Ford is trying to convince William to transfer his consciousness from his dying body into a mind core there and come back to the idea that, you know, we can take these AI and bring them out into the real world. So maybe... You know, we are still heading in the direction of uh, ultimately Dolores and William and Ford kind of being on the same page, including to release the hosts into the real world by way of the door. Interesting. Except Dolores is definitely not on that page. And she doesn't look like she's turning that way anytime. She is all about whatever's in there I'm using as a weapon. Yep. I'm gonna How is she going to use a weapon? I know. She, that's she's that's all like somebody that who's just going to pull a grenade and stand right there and be like, click. Right. <laughs> well, but the difference being, I think Dolores wants to be the one 
and control who goes out into the real world. I think that her weapon is releasing her hosts out into the real world to go attack and control and uh, take over. I think that, you know, when, when she looks at it as a weapon, I think she looks at it as a weapon of it's a way for us to break out of this cage and start wrecking shop for real. I can't even begin to tell you how much I hope that this is the case. This was my prediction from episode one predictions where I said that they stepped into the door and thought they were heading into the real world, but it was really future world. Was that you that said that first? Uh, Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. he he said they were going to somewhere else. And and then I was like, it's future world. And so, yeah. And so, yeah, he was, Chris was the first one to say they were The door is not leading to the outside world. Yeah. I'm like, if this if this pans out, like, and I haven't even been beating a drum. I'm just like quietly, just let it, let it play out, let it play out, let it play out. If it works, but I honestly, I think it's metaf- uh, it's metaphorical. I really don't feel like it's a physical tour. Really and the only don't. question too is, why would Ford want that to happen? Why would he want that to be the way things play out? That they go into future world and not the real outside world. I don't see why that would be part of his plan. I think it's a cool yeah. idea or twist. I just don't see how it fits in narratively yet, but, you know, we'll see. How it fits in narratively is it's a fidelity test for the real world. If they're able yeah. to pass in, in, in future world, then they're fidelity-wise, then they're able to fit into the real world. Oh. So maybe all of the hosts everywhere are awake, except maybe the hosts that are in future world. And then when these hosts get there then they're dealing with maybe real guests that are still there. And now the park management has to try to figure out who's host and who's not. Well, they have, they, no, they have sensors and stuff for that, yeah. No, but I like where you're going with that, Chris, that the future world is a test. I like Yeah, it. because I, I really feel like that's where Logan was. Like, that's where Logan was at. He was in future world. Mm-hmm. So, like, he would, and he couldn't tell the difference. So if they're able to pay, pass the eye test with a, a human... Maybe they, if they pass an, an eye test, you know what I mean? That's how they, how they move on. I don't know, but that's, that's the thought. I mean, they speak so much about how they would never let the hosts leave the parks and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Still, I'm still wondering about those grenades in their backs that they explode when they, <laughs> when they go right. someplace. Like, well, we did see that tiger walk through the laser and not blow up. So we, we could make the assumption that Ford disabled all that and then... Bernard broke the computer in the control room before he left, so they might not have the ability to turn it back on right now. That's just curious on how, thought. how much is happenstance. I mean, I mean, literally, Ford's entire storyline was based on an accident of a puzzle that happened to be left by a guy who wasn't affected by reveries. Mm-hmm. A catcher that wasn't affected by the reveries, but he was affected by the because the because that. Uh, yeah. music player was playing and he was just like, all right, walked right past it, went to the bar, was like, oh, that's kind of a cool toy. And then just started making all those yeah. things on the stones. So, yeah. And he was attracted by the bullets originally, but then attracted mm-hmm. even further by the music thing. So yeah, it's just a bunch of, yeah, you, I mean, this episode might've been better titled chance because he, he just had all of these lucky chances to get him to that point. But one thing we saw was when Ford was taking the heads off and the key dialogue was he, when he told Akechita that when the Deathbringer comes for him, that is the sign to lead his people. 
uh, to the door. I forgot what he called him. He'd lead his people out. Sure. Uh, and then he, Ford already knew that he was going to have Dolores kill him at that point because oh, he yeah. knew a catcher that was talking about the Deathbringer because he knew who killed Arnold and he knew where mm-hmm. all this stuff came from. So he said when the Deathbringer comes for him. So Ford at that point had already planned that Dolores was going to kill him. So I think at that part of the story was written, it's this whole other maze thing that most likely, like you're saying, Chris, occurred before the parts of season one started uh, that made Ford write and interact with the stuff the way he did in season one. But yeah, it was all chance. Still doesn't speak to why Akechita and Ghost Nation are saving humans. Correct. We have no idea why. Because it doesn't make sense. Take your people to the valley beyond the door is mm-hmm. for his instruction. Your people to me means the other tribes or other AI. It sure. has nothing to do with humans. So that is a great point. A great pull. Yeah. No clue. Could Ford still be taking control of them and working through them via the mesh network? I mean, are they all awoken? Because we don't necessarily see him taking cro- control of Akechita, but, you know, it, it could be that he is sort of guiding some other folks. Yeah, to answer that, one, yes, he could be controlling them through the mesh network just like Maeve does, but they haven't been leaning on it. We're two episodes away, and they haven't leaned on it at all that Ford is controlling the AI at this point, besides a few of them that he was using to basically put bumpers around William to make sure he stayed to his story. He was controlling more the park and keeping the humans away more than controlling the AI. That was That's the evidence we saw so far. Right. Um, I think at this point, we would have seen more that Ford was controlling them. And I think a lot of people leaning on that are, are, are leaning more on that hope that it would be there. But the showrunners tend to plant seeds at this point. I don't see any seeds planted for that yet. It's weird because there's, sh- uh, there's not a show shocker that's out there for me right now. There's not a WTF moment that's coming. Like, uh, you know, like yeah. Bernard as Arnold, that I don't, I don't see anything coming up the pipeline. And you would think in episode nine that that's what you'd be getting. You'd be getting that, like, what the F, what moment, like... Oh, like MIB is really a hybrid or like something crazy. Like, so I'm hoping that there's something in this episode where I'm just like, oh, I did not see that coming. Yeah, there's only two things and stuff that we brought up is stuff with Bernard uh, that hap- that's happening in 11 days later. Mm-hmm. Whatever's in his brain that he's trying to get out, there's some maybe a big surprise there. Um, either it being humans uh making him run through stuff to get more stuff out of him and that's the twist is that um it's all loop or or a simulation loop and the other one uh is charlotte's Arnold's daughter and (laughs) i think i think those could be two big ones that uh could be coming but what is the door I think there's been a lot of evidence, so a big reveal on what exactly it is, unless it's a big twist to it. I think there's sure. a lot too much evidence out there for us to be completely surprised as to, I'm sorry, what is behind the door, what is in that room. Yeah. Man, if it was just a back door, like a computer program, that would be awesome. If it was something like that as opposed to a real physical door, I would be so happy. <laughs> yeah. 
this is how you can do all yeah basically gives the ai control over some more stuff mm -hmm. all right so this is probably our shortest episode of the season but it also is a very straightforward story with not a lot of layers to it so it was a lot of stuff to cover this week all right ready to sign off uh all right you can find us at podcast at geekologistradio.com, Twitter at geekologistradio minus the T for character restrictions, on the web, geekologistradio.podbean.com or at ninjapancake.com. And you can find me, Caucasian Saint, all one word on Twitter. Dave, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Big D112358. Take us out, Chris. Uh, you can find me at Topher Noons, T O P H E R N U N E S. For Geekologist Radio, Ninja Pancake, finally a podcast, we are out. Mm -hmm.